morning, everyone. Welcome to CFA today. We're here to worship the Lord. Amen. Stand with us, if you would, please. And let's just begin to set our cares aside. Jesus said that we are to bring our burdens and our cares to Him. Though there's a lot that happens during the week, when we come together, we just cast our every care upon the Lord because He cares for us. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now and open your heart to Him. Say, Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Lord, we want to cast our cares on you. We want to put all of our anxieties upon you, Lord. We want to receive what you have for us today. Lord, we come to turn our focus away from all that we deal with and turn our focus towards you. Lord, I pray that we will be able to see you today and see your will and see your purpose and see your plan. Lord, that we would be able to connect with you. May your Holy Spirit come. May, Lord, we each one, every person in this place, be aware, Lord, of your awesome presence. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 133 says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon falls on the mountains of Zion, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Lord, as we worship today, bring us into unity. Bring us into that unity, God, that would bring your anointing upon us. Your anointing would break every yoke of bondage in our lives. Lord, connect us with you today. Our desire, Lord, our desire connected with you today. Have your will. Have your way. Fulfill your purpose. Accomplish your purpose in this time, in this place, in every life. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.
our relationship with you deepen our walk with you, God. Bring us into a closer relationship. Bring us into a closer walk, God. Help us to yield ourselves to you. Help us to surrender ourselves to your purpose. Help us to know, God, how much you love us, how much you care for us, how much you want to look, look past our sins, God, if we just confess and turn around. You give us grace. Grace, grace. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy because you're mighty. You're worthy because you're the healer. You're worthy because you grant wisdom and knowledge. Have your way, God. Have your way in healing and wisdom and knowledge. In guidance and direction, we pray. Meet every need in this place. side where the air conditioning is working over there. It's Praise the Lord. Freezing. It ain't working in here. Some people are like, Pastor, why did we change it? The air conditioner was working. Well, the heater wasn't working. So they come together. So we are still not quite right here in this part yet. The unit here, some part that's even though it's brand new, it's under warranty. It's a technology thing. It's a circuit board thing. So it's kind of working halfway, but not full way. So when we get into the message, get out your bulletin and take notes. Because taking notes will keep you engaged when warmth will cause you to get sleepy. <laughs> and I'm not going to take offense if you get sleepy. I'll just know you need to take some notes so you can stay engaged and stay awake. It's, it's the Lord that's speaking, not me. So don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep on the Lord. Stay engaged, even though it might get just a little bit, little bit warmer here. We're going to get there, folks. We're going to get there. And hopefully we'll be in the, the worship center of the sanctuary again by November. So keep all of that in prayer and help the workers to find proper answers. So if you are here today for the first time or for the first time in a long time, there's a card in here where we would like to know how to pray for you. You can introduce yourself to us on this card. You can take it to the Welcome Center. And we've got a gift that we want to give to you. One of our hospitality team will be there to meet you and give you that gift. CFA folks, put your prayer needs on there as well. Thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. And uh, it's such a, such a, such a blessing to know that we are a family. We're in this thing together, and we're taking care of the needs of the church together, and we're taking care of opportunities to reach out to those beyond our walls together. 
So thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving your tithes and your offerings. And uh, today is another West Tennessee Youth Gathering. So everybody in grades 6 through 12, stick around. Anybody that wants to join, we'll welcome you as well. But this will be focused on grades 6 through 12. We're going to have pizza here. We're going to hang out a little bit. And about 1.30 or so, we're going to get in the van and we're going to head down to Jackson and several, several churches and our youth groups are going to join together at Jackson Northside for a service. And this time we're going to have an after party as well. So we're providing lunch for our kids here. There'll be something to eat there after the service. And so we're going to be done in Jackson about 6. So if you're wondering when your kids will get home, 7, 7.30, 7.45 or so, we'll get your kids back to you. Pastor Chris will get your kids back to you. But these are tremendous opportunities we have had more churches and more people involved every single month we've done these. And we have one more this year on October 23rd. We're going to be in Decaturville. That's our next one. We've already got the schedule laid out for January through May. And uh, so these are great events. So we're reaching the next generation and churches coming together to make a difference in the next generation. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 and chapter 3 again today. Continuing our series on getting back to the tree of life. And uh, we're going to talk about how this snake story gives us a choice. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for each one that's here today. Lord, we are here for a purpose. Lord, our purpose is to give you all the worship, all the glory, all the honor that you are due. Lord, we are nothing. You are everything. And yet you look upon us as your creation and you love us and you want to pour into us. Lord, you want us to be blessed. Lord, we're going to be blessed if we learn your way and walk in your way and practice the way of Jesus together here in Camden, here in Benton County, here in West Tennessee. So, Lord, as we open our hearts to your word once again, let us hear. Quicken our minds, quicken our ears, quicken our hearts and our spirits, Lord, to hear what you have to say. I pray that you would speak through me, Lord, that it would be your words, not mine. That you would say what you want to say to each one of us and let us respond, Lord. Let us respond to your word as you would have us to. Anoint this word today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Genesis chapter 2 verse 9 says, The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden he placed the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Skip down to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Genesis chapter 3, the first five verses. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. As we focused a couple of weeks ago as we began this series of messages, the world's broke. Our world is broken. 
Now, we can have some great days walking with Jesus, and we can see the beauty of the trees, and we can see the beauty of the lakes, and we can enjoy a lot of what this world and this creation has to offer. But this world is broken. Not only in our country, but around the world. There is an increase in crime that is unbelievable. Crime is increasing. Lack of responsibility and accountability for those crimes are increasing. Random, violent attacks on people in broad daylight. Murder is unbelievably rampant in city after city after city after city. The image of God is in every person, and that is being taken away and snuffed out by murder. And it's growing, and it's increasing. The crimes taking place against our children. Horrible, horrible crimes are taking place against children. Some of them are still listed as crimes. Many of them, though, are being promoted by people in authority and positions of responsibility and accountability. Sexual perversion of every kind you can think of or imagine is wide open and encouraged and promoted in our culture today. And we have division in the church. Division in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have such a broken world that we have been called to join together in unity to reach, and yet we are arguing with one another and fighting with one another and Facebook posting about our stupid, meaningless, doctrinal, petty arguments when we need to get together as the people of God if we're going to have any effect whatsoever on the brokenness in our world. Amen. The hatred that is among humanity is out in the open all the time. What is happening in Russia and Ukraine and Iran and China and so many other places in the world, man's inhumanity to man, sickness that we face, even though God is our healer and he is able to do anything, yet there is still sickness and disease and infirmity that we face and we deal with. Why, Pastor, if God's healing, why, why do we deal with this? Because we're in a broken world. The world broke. And when that, the health of humanity broke as well. And then death comes, and so many people are dying way too young. Death comes sometimes often to those way too young. Our families are broken. You'd be hard-pressed, you'd be hard-pressed to go into just about any classroom and find that even a third, if not half of them, would be children growing up with their biological mother and their biological father married together happily in the same house. That is a rarity. That is the minority. And, and we don't say that in a way to be critical or judgmental or, or to throw judgment on anyone who is in a difficult situation. We want to minister to everyone in any situation. But God's ideal plan was for the husband and wife to be the mother and the father. And in the plan of God and in the will of God and in the purpose of God and in the love of God, raise those children. Our culture today and many powerful, influential, wealthy people in our culture have stated it as their goals in their documents that they want to destroy the nuclear family. Mm -hmm. They want to destroy the plan of God. They want to destroy the foundation for society, which is mother and father and children in the home. And all of this is because the world's broke. This world is just completely and totally broken. And some people, some people point to all of this brokenness pain and struggle and trouble and heartache and they and they say there can't be a God. There can't be a God. 
There have been folks, for example, who have followed Jesus, been part of churches, and they have, they have read their Bibles, and they have been followers of the Lord. And then just say, for example, they go into the military, and they see and experience some of the most atrocious things that a person can experience. And they come out of that and say, I don't believe in God anymore. There can't be a God. If there was a God, if there was a loving God, he would never allow that to happen. But the world's broke. Some people don't believe the Bible. They say, this is not true. This is just a book of fables. It's an old, outdated, outfashioned. It doesn't apply anymore. This, this was for another time, another place. But the brokenness of the world leads them to believe that God is not real. God is not love. God does not care. And that this book is not true. The fact of the matter is, the brokenness of the world proves this book to be true. Because this book tells us when, where, and how the world broke. And the book tells us how to get healing in the midst of the brokenness and move towards a time when everything's going to be healed and restored again. Amen. So the brokenness doesn't disprove God or His Word. The brokenness proves Amen. that God is real and that God is true. See, people say they can't believe in a good and loving God who would create a world such as this. Well, they're right. God did not create a world such as this. God did not create the world as it is. And the Bible explains everything. God created the world good. If you are a perfectionist, you love Genesis chapter verse one and chapter one and chapter two. If you're a perfectionist, you love Genesis chapter one and chapter two because it's perfect. Everything in one and two is perfect. Chapter three is when it all messes up and breaks. So us perfectionists are like, oh boy, we got the whole rest of this book to deal with until we get to the end of the Revelation where everything's perfect again. God didn't create the world as it is. God created the world good. He said it was very good. It was perfect. And he created humanity in his image, which as we've said means we have choices. We're not just animals with instinct. And there are some who have promoted the evil in our culture today. Well, we're just animals anyway. You can't expect these young people to control themselves. They're just animals. They're just animals that have evolved from other animals. And so they're just going to follow their instincts and follow their behavior. In other words, those who don't believe the Bible are telling our young people, you are stupid idiots and you don't have any authority to make any decisions. Whatsoever. You can't control anything. You can't control your mind. You can't control your body. You can't. It's all your, you, you, you got instincts that are no better than a dog or a cat. That's, that's the message of the world. Everybody think that's good and wonderful. No, God says, I've created you in my image. You have the power to make choices. You have the power to live a better life. You have the power to live above all the rest of the stuff that's going on in this world. You don't have to just follow your instincts. You don't have to be destroyed by this stuff. You can follow Jesus and you can be joined with Jesus and you can be empowered by the Holy Spirit so that you can live in the blessings he wanted you to live in. Amen. Don't believe the lie, the demonic lie. That's right. That you're just an animal no better than a horse. It's a lie. We have the ability to choose. God gave us the ability to choose. We can say yes or no to every opportunity that comes along in our lives. And we have the power to determine our own destinies by the choices we make. And this book shows us the direction in which to go. Amen. And the first humans chose to disobey. Mm -hmm. And something happened in their soul that was spiritually passed on. Scriptures are full of this, full of this, not just in one or two places. The scriptures are full. The brokenness that came when Adam and Eve disobeyed God is now in all of us. We are all broken. We're all broken. 
We're all prone to sin. We're all prone to disobedience. We're all prone to make the wrong choices because the seed of disobedience is in our inborn nature. It is in all of us. So when you see the crime, when you see the hatred, when you see all the ugliness, remember this in humility. It's in all of us. The crime, the hatred, and the evil in this world, there's a seed of that in all of us. It's in our nature. Jesus can fix it. Jesus can fix it. But it's in all of us. And we have to realize that. So the world broke out of all the trees in the garden. This huge, massive, massive, massive place. Not a little corner of a backyard garden with a few corn plants and tomato plants and, and bean plants and a few watermelons and a few strawberries. Not that, not that. No, everything, mankind, everything humanity would eat. This place was huge. It was massive. Every kind of plant bearing fruits and vegetables. Everything was there. Anybody ever heard of durian? Dorian. Dorian is a fruit. D-U-R-I-A-N. Dorian is a fruit that you can only get in the Asia-Pacific, places like the Philippines, places like, uh, places like uh, Vietnam. In, 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 in the Southeast Asia, there's a fruit called Dorian. And they love it. Dorian had to be there in the garden. The problem is it stinks. It's delicious, but it stinks. The phrase is, tastes like heaven, smells like hell. <laughs> if you can get past the smell, you will enjoy the durian. I never did that. I never did balut either. Balut is a fertilized egg right before it hatches, warmed up, chopped the top off, and they go through the streets like ice cream man on Thursday night. And all the kids are running to the balut, the balut cart to get their balut. The world is a different place than Camden, Tennessee, okay? But, but every kind of tree was there. Every kind of fruit was there. So much more than we have here in our particular region. Much more than we have in our own nation. Everything was there. Every kind of plant bearing fruits and vegetables. Everything we know about. Many things we don't know about. And out of all of that, God says, just don't eat of this one. Not because he was trying to forbid them something good for them. But because they were made in the image of God. So they had a choice. They weren't animalists' instincts. They weren't animals with nothing more than instinct. God says, just don't eat from this one. It was more than whatever the fruit was. The choice that they would make in that would destroy their soul. He knew that. The choice would be the choice of disobedience. And so it would destroy them. And when they ate of that tree, something happened in their soul. Something happened in their spirit. Something happened in their nature. Something happened in their mind. When they ate of that tree, it was more than just it was more than just a kind of... It, was, it wasn't just a physical thing. It wasn't just a physical piece of fruit that he was trying to deprive them of. When they ate of that tree, yes, a knowledge came. A sense of knowledge. A way to think about things. A way to think about life came. The knowledge of good and evil. And more than just knowledge, their whole... Outlook changed. The entire way they looked at the world around them. Their relationship with God changed. And all of that was passed on to us. All of that was passed on to every human being. So we've said that these trees represent something very, very, very powerful to us. These trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they represent two ways of looking at life. 
Two ways, two ways in all of humanity, two ways of interpreting life. Two ways of dealing with everything that happens to you. I don't care how many Enneagrams there are. <laughs> My kids have gotten to the Enneagram thing. You know? All the personality tests that we do, the Myers-Briggs personality test and the DISC personality, there's really just two. There's really just two ways of looking at everything that happens to us. And it's looking at it from the viewpoint of the tree of life and looking at it from the viewpoint of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Our reactions, your, your reaction to everything you see, everything you hear, everything you experience, everything that happens to you, your reactions will always fall into one of two categories. The nature of the tree of life, which is possible for us even in this broken world because of Jesus, or the nature of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So your dealings with other people, your dealings with family members, your dealings with friends, your dealings with co-workers, your dealings with church members, all of our dealings, all of our dealings will fall under one of these two characteristics, either the nature of the tree of life or the nature of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And your walk with God is affected by which tree you are living in. Your, your relationship with Jesus, your closeness with Jesus, your intimacy with Jesus or lack thereof is going to be affected by which tree you are living in. Your worship, your worship experience is going to be affected by which tree you're living in. Your ministry, the gifts that God has given you to serve others in ministry, to make a difference in our world, your ministry is going to be affected by which tree you are living in. Your reactions to stress, and pressure and anxiety is going to be affected by which tree you are living in. Your reactions to opposition that comes against you is going to be affected by which tree you are living in. Even when you win, even when you experience victories, even when you overcome, your reaction and your response is going to be determined by which tree you're living in. The tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the big idea for our series has been which tree are you living in and how do we get back to the tree of life? Which, to look at the characteristics of the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of God. It's in the first three chapters of the book. We're looking at the characteristics of the tree of life versus the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we're asking ourselves this question, which tree am I living in? That's what I want you to do in this series. Ask yourself. Honestly, don't you, well, I'm saved. I'm born again, so I must be living in the tree of life. No, we still have a nature that we've got to fight and deal with every day. Paul said, I die daily. I have to crucify the flesh every day. The reason he wrote those letters to the churches is because the Christian people were still living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He's trying to get them to live in the tree of life. So ask yourself. In these weeks we're teaching this, be asking yourself and be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Honestly, which tree am I living in? The reality is we tend to swing back and forth. Uh, you remember Tarzan? <laughs> We're a bunch of Christian Tarzans, you know? I'm not going to let you fall asleep just because it's a few degrees warmer in here. <laughs> we, we tend to get on them vines. We tend to get on them vines and we swing back and forth. We want to get to the place where most of the time our goal is to have the attitude and the walk with Jesus so that most of the 
praying and worshiping and going about everything we deal with during the week from the tree of life, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When you were told that gas was a certain price and by the time you get there it's 20 cents more. <laughs> is your reaction from the tree of life or from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? <laughs> when you've got an important appointment, doctor or business or whatever, and that appointment gets canceled, how do you react? you react from the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? When anything goes wrong, when you've got a plan, you've got an agenda, this is what's going to happen today, this is what's going to, i got my week planned out, but something goes wrong to mess it all up. Are you going to react from the tree of the life or tree of the knowledge of good and evil? When you see all the junk and stuff happening on the news, even though you're not a participator in it, and you realize it's because of a broken world, and you realize that, that the world needs to be healed, are you reacting to what you see from the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Because your reactions will destroy you even if you don't participate in those things. What was that? Our reactions to even the evil in this world, even if we're not a part of it, our reaction will either be from the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it will destroy us. Even if we acknowledge and recognize something is wrong, our reaction can also be wrong. We can be living righteous and have the right righteous attitude and yet be ex experiencing that righteous attitude from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of the tree of life. So last week, last week we said we must eat from the tree of life. Pastor, how do I eat? From the tree of life, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Mm. Yeah. And honorable. And right. And pure. And lovely. And admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Am I thinking about things that are honorable and right and true and pure and lovely and admirable and are excellent and worthy of praise. That's eating from the tree of life. So we said we must eat from the tree of life. We also said last week the tree we live in affects our church. We've got to realize that. It's, it's not just us. You can't just say, well, well, I, I'm in this mood right now and I'm in this state right now. I'm in this position. I can just, I can just be this way and I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to pout and I'm going to struggle and I'm just not going to affect anybody else. No, you'll affect everybody else. Yeah. yeah. The tree you live in affects your church. Mm -hmm. Your attitude will affect the power of this church to make a difference in our community. So we must eat from the tree of life. Second, the tree we live in affects our church. Third, we want to move on today. This snake story gives us a choice. The snake story gives us a choice. So when the snake came to Eve, how did he tempt her? He, he questioned what God really said. Mm -hmm. Did God really say did God really say, is that really what that verse of Scripture means? Is that, is that really right? Is that really true? Is, is that really what it is? Did God really say, you can't eat from any of the fruit? So in one sentence, he combined questioning God with lying about what God said. Now, she, she, she got by that one, but she didn't run away fast enough. Because she said, no. She said, no, God did not say. God did not. You're wrong. I acknowledge you're lying to me. God did not say. That we can't eat from any of the trees in the garden. We can eat from any of these trees in the garden we want to. So the enemy was questioning God, lying about what God said, misquoting the book. That's why we've got to know this book. Mm -hmm. But when Eve passed the first temptation, the devil didn't give up. The serpent went forward and directly, directly gave her a statement 
in complete contradiction to what God said. And there she had her choice. You will not die. God says, you eat of this tree, you'll surely die. You will not die. Those are opposites. As opposite as you can get. She's got this choice now. She's got the image of God in her. She's got, she's got the power of choice. She has the ability to set her destiny. And her husband is there with her, the Bible says, doing nothing, saying nothing, not involving himself, just letting the whole thing go. You won't die. Matter of fact, the serpent said, you will become just like God. You'll become just like God. Now, how many have ever sang the old song in church? To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. All I ask is to be like Him. Don't we say we want to be more like Jesus? Don't we say that Jesus is God? Mm -hmm. so, so, I mean, hand it to the serpent. That's a really good temptation here. This is a really good temptation because, because he tempted her according to what our goal in life is supposed to be. We're supposed to be more like Jesus. We're supposed to be more like God. However, you cannot be like Jesus by disobeying Jesus. You cannot be like God by walking in the opposite direction. So the temptation is you'll be like God. Well, they already were like God. They already were there. They were already in the image of God. He's trying to tell them there's something more that God has hidden from them, that God has kept secret from them. But they, they thought, okay, we're going to believe this one, and we're going to say if we go this way, then we'll be even more like God, and it destroyed them. It destroyed them. But, but it, on the surface, on the surface, it looks like a wonderful thing, right? As do all our temptations. It was the appearance. The temptation was this. The appearance of godliness without true godliness. The appearance of godliness without true godliness. It was an appearance of godliness without life. It was not life-giving. It actually gave death. And this is the same choice we have today. Are we going to live according to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, maintaining a form of godliness? I know what's good. I know what's evil. I know what's right. I know what's wrong. Uh, we're in this situation. Adam and Eve has put us in this situation. So here we are. And the church has taught me this is the good things and these are the bad things. These are the things we're supposed to do. These are things we're not supposed to do. But when I get mad at my church and I change and I go to a different church and I go to a different denominational church because I have friends that go there, well, they've got a different list of things that are right and things that are wrong. So is it this church that has the right list of things that are right and wrong? Or is it that church that has the list of the things that are right and the things that are wrong? Or is it that church that has the list of the things that are right and wrong? Well, I'm a human. I've been made in the image of God. I can decide for myself. And so I'm, I'm going to live by. And, and nobody's supposed to judge me. And I've got the power of choice. So I'm going to decide, and I'm going to, I'm going to live by this code. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That sums it all up. Everybody in this place, everybody in this place right now, what are some things we are supposed to do? Pray, read the Bible, go to church, get involved in ministry, be good to our wives, be good to our husbands, be good to our kids, read the Bible at home, do devotionals. You know, we're already getting into places where we fail, probably. We could come up with a list of things we're supposed to do. And now we've got to come up with a list of things we're not supposed to do. The tree of the knowledge, knowledge of good and evil. We're supposed to have knowledge of good and evil. We're supposed to have knowledge of a list of the right things. Except I know that there are people in this room who think some things are wrong and other people in this room don't think they're so wrong. <laughs> That's right. right here in this room. Mm -hmm. 
what are we going to do? Well, they're going to hell. I don't care what their experience is. I don't care what their position is. They're going to hell because I know that I have the knowledge of good and evil. And that's evil. And they're doing evil. And it may not be destroying my but They're working too close to the line. That's evil. And so we've all got our list. Here's the thing. You got a list of do's and don'ts, and you don't even live up to your own list. That's right. Watch out for condemning somebody across the room because they might think something's not wrong that you think is wrong according to your code of right and wrong and holiness. You don't even live up to your own. And if you come to me with your list this week and you say, Pastor, here's my list. Here are the do's. Here are the don'ts. And I do all the do's and I don't do all the don'ts. And I am perfect. Then I will say, you are full of pride. <laughs> gotcha, sucker. <laughs> but it's true. If you think about it, we don't even live up to our own moral code. So the knowledge of the knowledge of good and evil is not the way to live. It doesn't bring life. It brings death. We try to maintain a form of godliness. We try to have strict adherence to righteous standards. We try to obey our moral codes that seem right, but ultimately we're doing everything the church told us was right. We're trying to avoid everything the church told us was wrong, but it's just following a list of right and wrong. We have no relationship, so we are empty and cold. And we wonder why. Yeah. I'm doing all the right things. I'm avoiding all the bad things. Why am I so empty? Because you're living according to a code, not according to the life of Jesus and the grace of Jesus. So we're going to live that way or we're going to live according to the tree of life where godliness and righteousness and peace and joy naturally grow from walking in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So this snake story gives us a choice. We've got to eat from the tree of life. The tree we live in affects our church. The snake story gives us a choice. Number four, you can remember this one. You are what you eat. How many times have we heard that in relationship to our physical diets and food? You are what you eat. Jesus said in John 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So when we eat something, it becomes a part of us. Some of you had donuts when you came in this morning. Woo, love donuts. Donuts are good. You put sugar and flour into your bodies. Right? <laughs> yeah, put that donuts in, put that coffee, and it's becoming part of you. Right now, those donuts are becoming part of you. The sugar is becoming absorbed into your body. The flour is becoming absorbed into your body. The caffeine is becoming absorbed into your body. We hope the air conditioner will work better next week. If it doesn't, drink more caffeine before you come in here, all right? We absorb the properties of what we take. And what we eat moves into our muscle system. And what we eat moves into our bloodstream. And we use what we eat and it makes us healthy or unhealthy. Right? has an effect. And if you want to live by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there, good luck, because we try and we none of us can keep up, right? Ice cream's too good. I absolutely believe that I have some dairy allergies because every time I have some milk or some ice cream, my throat is clogged up with more mucus than usual. But do you think I'm going to give up my ice cream? No. <laughs> I'm living in the tree of life, folks. I'm not going to live by a code that I can't, can't keep up with, right? But it, it gets absorbed into us. The same is true of our spirits. Now think about this. Holy Spirit, speak to people today right now. Because I can't, I can't make these decisions. I'm not, I'm not going to put out a list. I'm not going to preach from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to preach from the tree of life and love and grace. But we are what we eat. And when we watch, Holy Spirit, speak to all of us. When we watch... Or when we listen to 
certain things in the media. It may be from entertainment, all the various forms of entertainment. It may be from news. It may be from religious teaching. We're taking in knowledge. We're taking in ideas. And we become what we eat. We become what we absorb into our bodies and into our minds. And well, Pastor, I can watch that. And I, I know it's bad and I know it's evil and I know it portrays all kinds of horrible things. But, you know, I'm a strong Christian. And, you know, it's not all bad, you know. Well, that's, that's tree of life, not tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Heard about a youth pastor that gave an illustration. He made brownies for the kids. And he only put 5% dog poop in the brownies when he made them. Mm. <laughs> It's not a true story. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, brownies. Taste good. Love brownies. Chocolate. Fudgy. Mm -hmm. Only had 5% dog poop in the brownie. That won't affect me, will it? Pastor, I can watch this. I can participate in this. I've got the armor of God on me. I'm not, I've got the helmet of salvation. I, I, it's not going to bother me. So we go ahead and we eat. We walk into stuff. It's not good for our minds, not good for our spirits. And the fact of the matter is, no matter how strong we are, we become what we take in. It affects how we see the world. It affects our worship. It affects our relationships. It affects our church. What we take into our hearts and minds and spirit colors our worldview. So doctors will take in knowledge about the body. When someone has a health problem, because of the knowledge they have taken in, they can see what other people cannot see in order to fix the problem. They can tell if you got a hip that's bone on bone. They can tell if you've got heart valves that are, that are leaking. They can tell if you've got uh, an aneurysm in your aorta. They, they can tell all kinds of things. They can tell what your sugar levels are and on and on and on and on. And, and they can see what others can't see in order <coughs> to fix the problem. Car mechanics are the same. I can open the engine and I can, I can look just as smart. Hmm, look at that. Yeah, well, what do you know? I don't know. I don't know a thing that I'm looking at in there. I need a mechanic who will tell me and who can see and who can explain to me what, what needs to be fixed. Economists are the same. Some of them are crazy and some of them are right and we get switched back and forth swinging through trees like crazy based on what people think is good for the economy or bad for the economy, but it's based on what they believe that affects everything else around them. Weather forecasters. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to be critical or derogatory, but I could look out the window and be just as good as most of those weather forecasters. Sorry to anybody. Daniel, Daniel, sorry for your nephew. He, he went to school. He's a meteorologist. Where is he at? Dothan, Alabama. He's a, he's a meteorologist. He probably knows a lot more than I do. But, but, but how many of you, if you're right 50% of the time and wrong 50% of the time, you keep your job? <clears throat> We had a tornado hit 60 yards from our house, and the next day they got on Jackson Television, and then they apologized to the people of Huntington and Carroll County for not even seeing it at all. No warnings, no nothing. Zoom, boom. Nothing. Nope. Okay, get on with it, Pastor. <laughs> the point is, the point is, what are we feeding our spirits? We become what we eat. And when we eat from the perspective of the tree of life, we're choosing a certain mentality, an attitude, a way of living. We're choosing to live by the life that God offers us through Jesus, His Son. It's the life that Jesus talked about constantly. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus told her, I'm the resurrection and the life. John 10, 10, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. John 1, 4, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought life to everyone. So when we are living in... And eating from the tree of life, we are walking and talking with God. 
We are trusting in and confident of His love, His provision, His protection, His fellowship, His friendship, His lordship. No matter how broken and bad the world gets, we can say, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Yeah. That's living in the fullness of the Spirit. We can rest in Him no matter how bad things may seem to be. And we can live with a clean conscience. A clean conscience. Because we're living in grace according to the tree of life. Living in the tree of life, this is important right here. Living in the tree of life is living in innocence. Living in the tree of life is living in innocence. It's viewing the world through eyes of innocence. How many of you, whether it was your children or your grandchildren, at some point in the evening, it's bath time. And they get the bath, and mama's in there giving them the bath, and she's rubbing them down with the towel after it's over, but somehow that kid escapes and gets away and starts running through the house naked, and the pastor and his wife have come over for dinner. <laughs> and that little kid's just running through the house naked. It's going to be, I'm naked, I'm naked, I'm naked. <laughs> Innocence. Purity. Not affected yet by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve are walking around naked. No big deal. No big deal. No shame. They're clothed in the glory of God. There's no temptations. There's no sin. There's no bad attitudes. There's no bad motivations. But the innocence is destroyed when we choose what is forbidden. The innocence, our eyes of innocence is destroyed when we choose what is forbidden. And when we eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when we feed our spirits from that tree, the fruit is pleasing to the eye. Many things that will destroy us look good. The devil doesn't come and say, here, do this, and your life will be a mess. That's not how the temptations work. But they'll destroy our spirits, and, and our walk with God might look pleasing and wonderful, tempting, enticing, full of en enjoyment, but eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil changes our out. We got this choice every day, folks. Not just we make the choice one time when we decide to follow Jesus. We are followers of Jesus who must continually make this choice. Are we going to eat? Are we going to feed our spirits and feed our souls from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the stuff this world has to offer? Are we going to eat from the tree of life? Eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is going to change our outlook, change our attitude, and bring death. George Washington Carver, famous American from history, great American, one of the most famous men in our history, his his parents were slaves. That's how close he was to the slavery time. His parents were slaves. He was raised in the post-Civil War South, where blacks and African Americans were hated still and, and were treated horribly. And even after the Civil War was over, still treated more like animals and property than like people. And like many, many others who have come up in difficult circumstances, he could have chosen to live life angry and bitter at everyone. But he chose not to let the knowledge of good and evil affect his spirit. He chose not to let the knowledge of good and evil poison his heart and life. He said, quote, he said, quote, I will never let another man ruin my life by making me hate him. He had a brilliant mind. He was a genius. And he didn't allow himself to become crippled by a bitter spirit. And he became one of the greatest inventors in the history of our nation. 
devote, sounds crazy, he devoted his life to studying the peanut plant and he found hundreds of uses for the simple peanut. Brilliant, because he chose not to be bitter. He chose to look at life through the tree of life, not through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He saw a lot of injustice and Jesus came and Jesus as a man was tempted in every way just like us you think of it, whatever, whatever you put in the category of the worst sin there is, Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted for that. He was tempted to become bitter. Jesus saw injustice. He saw the Romans beating the Jewish people. He saw the Romans enslaving the Jewish people. He saw that the Romans could kill a Jewish person on the street and not have to explain themselves for it. Jesus saw the hatred. Jesus saw the people hurting one another. Jesus saw people using God's word as a means of power and abuse over others. That's what he saw in the religious leaders of the day. He saw that. He saw people who claimed to be godly, but they despised and disdained people who weren't like them. Let me say that one more time for everybody. Jesus saw people who claimed to be godly, but they despised and disdained people who weren't like them. Folks, this loving everybody is hard. <laughs> Ain't it? Yeah. It's loving everybody is hard. I can't love everybody. I can't obey Jesus' command if I live in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I've got to live in the tree of life if I'm going to love the people and I hate what they're doing. I hate what they're doing to themselves. I hate what they're doing to others. I hate what they're doing to our country. I hate what they're doing to our culture. I hate what has been stolen from us in this nation by evil, but I have to love. I can't love if I'm living by a moral code of right and wrong. I can only love if I'm living in the tree of innocence and life. Grace. And i got to be like Jesus to do that. So how did Jesus do it? He ate from the tree of life. He ate from the tree of life. He spent a lot of time in prayer. Woke up early before the day started to go in prayer. Went off to solitary places to pray. Spent all nights in prayer. He took joy in his relationship with the disciples. He took joy in his relationship with his friends. And what he ate and chose, how he chose to look at life, literally made all the difference in the world. Jesus, as a human, tempted in all points as we are, him choosing to live in the tree of life instead of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Not bringing us a moral code but living in life and grace and showing us how to receive from God God's goodness and live in life and grace. That literally made all the difference in the world. We're here today because of the choice Jesus made. To not fall into every temptation that we've been tempted with as well. So you got this choice. This is your choice. I can't do it for you. I can't make anything happen here. Are you going to see the brokenness in the world and let it make you better? Are you going to dwell on the bad things that have happened in your own life and let it make you bitter? Well, Pastor, you don't know what I've gone through. Well, listen, friend, you don't know what I've gone through. You don't know some of the stuff I've gone through. And we don't have to know what each other's gone through. Because ultimately, we've got the choice as to whether it's going to make us bitter or better. And there's only one letter difference between bitter and better, and it's the letter I. I make the difference. Whether I'm going to be bitter or whether I'm going to let these circumstances make us better. So which tree are you living in? How do we get back to the tree of life? we got to eat from the tree of life. What are you taking in? Philippians 4.8. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What are you taking in? Every day, in every avenue, what are you taking in to your mind, to your heart, to your spirit? We said last week the whole Bible can be summed up in four scenes. Creation. The fall, 
redemption, and then restoration. And everything that we experience in this life, everything that comes at us in this life, everything that is spoken to us in this life, everything that comes through the media in this life, it's either, it's either dealing with creation or fall or redemption or restoration. And when you think about it, the vast majority of us dealing with the fall. And we feed ourselves on the results of the fall. And we said the tree we live in affects our church. And this snake story gives us a choice because the enemy is tempting you just as he was tempting Eve that day. He's tempting you in how you think. Are you going to obey what Jesus said? Or are you going to live by your own code of right and wrong? He's tempting you in how you look at things. Listen, somebody said, somebody said a statement years and years and years ago. And it's one of those statements that has stuck with me. So good, so powerful. If you don't think this can stick with you, write it down. We don't live with the facts of our lives. We live with what we tell ourselves about the facts of our lives. We don't live with the facts. We live with what we tell ourselves about facts. I can tell you about two brothers who are, uh, one of them is very close to me. And these two brothers were raised. Their home life was awful. Their home life was broken. Didn't know who their biological fathers were. They had different biological fathers. Their mother was in and out of trouble in jail all the time during their late elementary years, through their junior high and high school years. They were couch surfing. They were first living here, then there, people in the church, then mom, then granddad, then people in the church. And everything, their, their life was a mess. Their life was a tragedy. They both have grown up with the same experiences happening to them. One of them's a pastor. He's my son-in-law. The other one's bitter. What's the difference? What's the difference? One of them said, nobody liked us. Nobody kept us. Everybody failed us. Everybody let us down. Those church people, the church people, the church people didn't keep us. The church people couldn't keep us. The church people kicked us out. Life in a totally different direction. My son-in-law, they did the best they could. They helped us when we needed help. They gave us a place to sleep when we needed a place to sleep. They gave us a home when we needed a home. And poor mom, she was messed up. And I don't know what happened to dad. We don't know nothing about him. But, but you know what? They did the best they could. And, and, and the church bus picked me up when I was seven years old. And I was called into the ministry when I was 14. And I went to Bible school. And I went straight into ministry. And then he met my dog. Woo! <laughs> Thank God! Same, 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 same happened to both sons. Bitter or better. It's your choice. You don't live with the facts of your life. You do not live with the facts of your life. You live with what you tell yourself about the facts of your life. So what are you hearing the enemy saying to you? And how can you tell yourself a different story than what he's telling you? How can you tell yourself the right story? Will you listen to him when he tells you that there is a different way than the way the Lord has laid out for you? Will you know the Word of God well enough to even know Satan is telling you a different story? If you don't know this book, you're not going to know if he's telling you a different story or not. Are you eating the Word? Are you eating goodness? Or are you eating the junk that the world has to offer? The prodigal son wanted everything this life had to offer. So when he said, Dad, I want the inheritance now, he's saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me the inheritance now. The Father's a portrait of God who's full of grace and mercy. He'll, he'll give you enough rope to hang yourself on because he's given you the choice. You're made in his image. It's your choice. 
So the prodigal son went out and party, 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 spend the money, gather all the friends together. We're going to live life like we have never lived before until all the money's gone, all the friends are gone, the party's over, and he's living in the pig pen and eating the slop with the pigs. And he says, the servants in my dad's house get off better than this. I'm going to go back and I'm going to repent and I'm going to confess and I'm going to say I'm sorry and I don't think I'll ever be a son again. But boy, I just, if I could just be a servant, if I could just work for dad. And the father accepted him in love. Regardless of the choices he had made, he'll accept you. Regardless of the choices you made, even the choices you made this week. But more and more and more and more, what the world through the media offers us is not worth feeding to the pigs. Yet we indulge our spirits on it. Psalm 34, verses 14 through 16. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace. Work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns His face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. It's the snake story. Every day, all over again. He's telling us a different story than God is telling us. He's tempting us to walk a different path and live a different life than God has laid out for us. But God has already written your story. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's already a will and purpose for your life that's been written in heaven. Are you living it? Are you living it? When you listen to the temptation of the enemy and make the wrong choice, you get off. Of the plan of God's story. Psalm 37, 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Those are my life verses. Are you yielding to that? You are what you eat. So Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Would you stand with me? Stand with me if you can, if you're able. Just begin now to open yourself up to the presence of the Lord. Just hold your hands out before the Lord. Close your eyes. Shut yourself in with the Lord. And let, let, the, Lord, let the Lord finish this message today in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you and speak to your heart and speak to your life. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would speak to us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to begin to just ask yourself some questions now. Or ask the Holy Spirit these questions. Let's take a moment in the presence of God and just I pray, I pray, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to each one of us. First of all, what am I, what am I taking into my spirit that needs to change? Ask the Holy Spirit right now. I can't answer that, but the Holy Spirit can. Be open to His answer. Be open to his conviction and his leading and his direction. What am I taking in? What am I taking in to my life and my spirit that needs to change? Because this is about all of us becoming more like Jesus. Walking in the path he has for us. Just take a moment of silence. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What am I taking in that needs to change?
Lord, open our ears. Let us be responsive. Now, right now, the enemy is telling you all the reasons why you don't need to give that up. Something comes to your mind, or two or three things come to your mind. As soon as the question was asked, you're thinking, yeah, these are things, and these are things, and these are things. And as soon as you identify those things, as soon as the Holy Spirit identifies those things in your life, the enemy comes in and your thought pattern is, well, it's not that bad. And I'm still following Jesus, you know. I mean, I'm a Christian. It's by grace. It's not by what I do. Correct, correct. Doing some of these things is not going to throw you off track or keep you out of heaven, but it's going to keep you from living in the tree of life living in the fullness of life and grace and innocence and peace and joy that he wants you to have. So don't let the enemy come right now and say, did God really say? <laughs> Was that really the Holy Spirit? Did the Holy Spirit really just identify those things? They're not that bad. How much do we want to change? How much do we want to change? How much do we really want to be like Jesus? another question I want you to open your life to the Holy Spirit what what do I need to back away from what do I need to do to live in the tree of life what do I need to do to live in the tree of life Holy Spirit speak to you right now thank you Holy Spirit Give us guidance, Lord. Let me ask you this question. How do I need to change my view of what is happening to me? Ask the Holy Spirit. How do I need to change my view of what is happening to me? We don't live with the facts. We live with what we tell ourselves about the facts. Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you for speaking to us today. Thank you for speaking to each one of us. Now give us the power. Give us your power. That we might walk as you want us to walk. We might be obedient, Lord, to your will and to your purpose and to your plan. Lord, help us to begin to move from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil into the tree of life. To experience what you want to experience. A life of peace and joy and love and innocence. And even loving our enemies. Not letting our enemies cause us to be full of bitterness and anger and hatred. It's so easy and it happens so fast. We see something. We see what happens in this world. We see what happens to people close to us and people on the other side of the globe and people throughout the nation. We see what certain folks in positions of authority are doing that we strongly disagree with and, and we will become bitter. We'll become bitter if we always feed ourselves from the crap of this world. Help us, Lord, to eat from the tree of life. Live in the tree of life. Help a spirit of life and obedience to overcome and overwhelm spirit of just living by the knowledge of good and evil which leads to hatred and bitterness joylessness and destruction one more one more question for the Holy Spirit to work with us on do I need to come to Jesus to receive life do 
Well, I need to come to Jesus to receive life. I've been taking in too much fall and death and living in disobedience. I feel the results of that. If you need to come to Jesus, if the Holy Spirit's saying that's you, you just need to respond right now where you're at. Say, Jesus, I come to you. Forgive me of my sins. Right now. Jesus, I come to you. Forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you. I want to live in your joy and your peace. Father, I pray for forgiveness today. I pray that we would know that you do forgive us and you love us. That we can come to you and that we can have new life. If you're interested in following Jesus or giving your life to him or you're doing that today, let us know on the connection card or let us know online if you're making a commitment or a recommitment to Jesus today. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. Folks, if... if if the Lord has spoken to you today in these final questions as we're opening ourselves up to the Holy Spirit, I just want you to come and step forward. Just step forward. Just come and step forward. We have to move in order to be responsive and obedient. So if the Holy Spirit has dropped answers to these questions in your heart today, just step forward. We want to pray. What am I taking in that needs to change? The Holy Spirit has said something to you. You need to come forward. What do I need to back away from? What do I need to do to live in the tree of life? Come forward. Come forward. How do I need to change my view of what is happening to me? And am I coming to Jesus to receive his life? Prayer team, would you come? Begin to make yourselves available to pray. We just want to pray with one another today. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to you, Lord. We yield this time. To you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord
we leave this place, we leave our friends and family and loved ones to go out into this week. God, help us to help us to begin to see the transformation you are making in us. Continue, Lord, continue to make the transformation in us to be more like you, to see as you would see, to hear as you would see, to act as you would act, to live as you would live, not by a code, but by life. Not simply by right and wrong, but by the leading and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Not living in judgment of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but living in the life and the grace and the innocence and the fruit of the Spirit that we receive when we take into our spirits that which is from the tree of life. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, direct us, feed us this week. Bless us, feed us so that we can have what we need to feed others are hurting and need life change on the tree of life in Jesus name. Amen. Prayer team is going to stick around for a little bit. If you need prayer for any reason at all, please don't hesitate to come. If you need to go, God bless you. Go with the presence and power and grace and goodness and